Welcome to Invoking Witchcraft, the podcast where the sacred and profane come out to play. So call the quarters and set the round. It's time for another episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Invoking Witchcraft. My name is Jay Allen Cross, and I am here with my lovely co-host, Britain, also known as Archaic Honey on the Instagram and on the internet in general. Because we out here in these cyber streets, living our best cyber lives, yeah, uh, trying to stay alive. Uh, yeah, the internet these days. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, how you been doing, Britain? How you doing? Pretty okay. Uh, yeah. I think. Mercury and Mars are currently retrograde, so shout out to all my Mars-ruled people who are in this shithole right now. I think they're retro. I don't even know. I don't want to know anymore. Somebody (laughs) said something like Mars is supposed to be in Gemini for like the next seven months, and like it has already just caused so much drama. Like This is my least favorite planetary thing I've gone through thus far. Mars and Gemini feels very dramatic. It's so much drama. Like busy drama. Yeah. Everyone's crawling all up into other people's places and getting mad (laughs) about it. And I'm like, well, you put yourself up in there. So uh, it's it's not it's not been a good time. Right. Yeah. I mean, lately, all I've been doing is like still unpacking my house from the move, uh, getting my gear, my stuff, myself in gear for um shop update and then just disassociating on TikTok. And um, I have really been and I no shame. You know what I mean? I enjoy this Starbucks TikTok recipes. Oh, people share. So I did a brown sugar shaken oat milk shaken espresso with pumpkin cold cream on top. And it is divine. And that's amazing. Yeah, it's just like really help. It's just making me feel like it's helping fall come quicker because it's yeah it's gonna be like a hundred degrees next week i am not ready for it i'm like excuse you yeah it's i'm trying to have my basic bitch fall yep and you want me to wear this sweater and all these scarves and my skinny jeans and my uggs when it's 100 degrees outside how dare you i just no (laughs) i refuse um uh, so yeah, yeah, we're it's gonna happen. Fall is going to come. I believe in it. Um, it just may come later than expected because summer was really late this year. We had a very had a, rainy spring for a real. We long had time. a rainy, cool, wet spring for mm-hmm. this area, and yeah, um, maybe maybe fall will come later. Um, but it is getting like cooler at night. I notice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And we actually, I, I did wake up to a little rain shower in the middle of the night. It lasted Ooh. like 10 minutes and then it was gone. Still, take what we I can know. get. Right. I was a little bummed out, but we need rain so bad. But yep. What's new in your world? What are you, how are you doing? Just living my best life. I am obsessed with uh, what's happening with the cast and crew of Don't Worry, Darling, um, which it's a film that's coming out that it's so hard. So there's all this drama that's happening around it. It's very Mars and Gemini is what's oh, happening. Oh, wait, there's, with Olivia Wilde? Yes, and Florence Pugh and all them. And Sh- Shia LaBeouf. And- yeah, who was supposed to be in it, but is just off his rocker. There's a lot of stuff happening there. Right. Um, and I have such mixed feelings about it because, number one, this movie 
does have intense potential to be absolutely incredible. The cast of it is amazing. Olivia Wilde is interesting as a director, but I haven't really been mad about the stuff that she's put out thus far. Um, so it it has it has the potential to be really amazing, but there's all this crap going on around it. But the the press conference that they just had in Venice was such a mood because like Chris Pine is just dissociating throughout the entire thing. I saw that. I and have, it's hilarious. Yeah. And, and here and Harry Styles talking about how it's a movie that feels like a movie, you know, like that you would go to the movies to see. And I'm like, bro, bro, that's not. I know. Yeah. I saw that. I I related very hard with the disassociation. I was like, yeah, that's me. Just fucking zoning out. I also am astral projecting during this interview. So it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Not to worry. Not to worry. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's, what's been, uh, taking up most of my brain space these days to avoid the actual things I need to do in life. Right. So, yeah, I hear you. It's just, it's fine if you need to stick your head in the sand for a little while. It's what I've been doing on TikTok, you know? I just absolutely zone out and have a good time and mm-hmm. get silly songs stuck in my head. Um, yeah. But speaking of stars and timing, oh, yes. Of retrogrades, what are we talking about today? We're talking about magical timing. When to do your spells. Second installment. Second installment, yes. Because I think, so y'all, we're going to be up front with you. It's been a minute since we recorded. We don't totally remember everything that we talked about in the first installment. I think we just covered like the moon phases mainly. Yeah. Um. So we're we going to go into other stuff. But if some of this is repeat, um, you're welcome for the refresher. And yeah, so just bear with us here. Just bear with us. It's weird, though, when like doing the podcast, because uh, I I love it when folks like want to chat about the podcast and be like, so in episode 29, you talked about thresholds and how such and such happens. And I'm like, I did. (laughs) You're like, did I? I I don't remember. I'm sorry. Uh, It really just like it just like comes out. We we do the thing and then uh, set it and forget it in a way. Um, Mm -hmm. I do try to remember as much as I possibly can, but I can't hold it all in there. Mm hmm. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fine. It'll be good. That's that's kind of, though, I like that uh, element of surprise a little bit where people like you said this thing and it's like, oh, oh, I did. <laughs> I did. Interesting. <laughs> and usually I, I just hope it's something intelligent. So rarely, but sometimes. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, so something that we would like to talk about right at the top of this, anytime we talk about magical timing, I feel like it's very important to reiterate that magical timing is not something that is absolutely necessary for the type of spell work that most of us do. Now, if you have a certain path or are doing this very intense form of ceremonial magic, yes, sometimes those things are very important. It needs to be at the hour of Jupiter or whatever. Um, we're going to talk briefly about planetary hours. For most of us, particularly those of us who are doing folk magic, we generally don't give a fuck about magical timing. So if you're like, hey, I need to cast this protection spell, but it's a Wednesday, still cast the protection spell. These are just things that are going to possibly boost, but aren't going to make or break your spell. Right. Right. Yeah. Because we do. we, We talk about this all the time on the podcast is that folk magic comes from a place of need. We need mm-hmm. to get the thing done. We need we need this to happen um, mm-hmm. and stuff. So, yeah, I don't think I am in total agreement with you. I if if I'm like doing some long term planning, mm-hmm. 
and doing like projecting um, out of a long-term working spell, I may look at magical timing, but for the most part, it's very like off the cuff, like, mm-hmm. oh, it's Friday. I Maybe I do need to do a pr- protection spell because I was getting shade from such and such a person, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Just go, just go do the spell. It's all going to work out. Um, this is just something that may help enhance it if you would like to use it. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of talk about magical timing. Like, okay, like if you're baking cookies, there are some days where you're going to want to use the good flour. Mm-hmm. And there are other days where you're like, eh, whatever flour I have in my cupboard, either way, you're still going to have cookies and they're going to be delicious. Just, you may have fancier cookies if you use the good flour. And that's pretty right. much the only issue. Like I Either way, you get a cookie and you're happy. So when it comes to magical timing for me, the magical timing only really has an effect if I'm choosing to utilize it consciously because I view magical timing kind of like um, a natural thing that's already heading in that direction that I can like attach my spell work to to like piggyback off of it. So for instance, if I'm using like um, a specific day of the week, like on a Tuesday, um, I will utilize... I will say something about it being Tuesday in my spell or, or, or in my intention. I'll say like on this Tuesday, the day of Mars, I ask for this protection, you know, I'll, I'll actively connect the two. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm utilizing the moon phase, um, if it's like noon, I'm not really connecting with the moon. However, if I do want to utilize the moon and the moon phase, I will wait until the moon is up at least Um, If not, do it like outside under the moon or like next to a window where I can see the moon so that I can actively, I can intentionally activate that magical timing that way. And if I'm not intentionally linking the two, I often feel like it just doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, does that make sense? That makes sense to me. The way that like my brain is uh, in a pretty like visual space right now, the way I see it is like there's just like multiple currents yeah, that, that we can like put our foot in. Mm-hmm. And so if we really do want to link up with a, okay, you know, like I used to do a lot of um, Venetium work uh, with mm-hmm. Venus and stuff. So I would work on Friday during mm-hmm. the hours of Venus to honor Venus. And I, like you said, I would always bring up the acknowledgement of like, okay, on this day of Venus, in the hour of Venus, I am XYZing right now. Mm, yes. Um, and I found that really potent and powerful when working with those planetary energies. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it came down to like, oh, I need a hundred bucks by Tuesday, you know, I then I'm mm. not gonna worry too much about magical timing but there was just it's just like there's some circumstances you kind of got to feel into it and i there was something i wanted to add to uh at the start of this is that um for those who may be new to folk magic and 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 magical practices i do highly encourage like going to like a period of time where you do work with magical timing if it Mm -hmm. if it calls to you of course you don't have to do this but it's like it's really interesting to see the contrast between Mm. like hooking into these currents and like, or just kind of like doing your own thing. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Absolutely. And it's just, it's a cool exercise. And I think also working with like planetary days and hours can also provide like a framework and a uh, structure to those Mm -hmm. of us who might like having that. 
Yes. Yeah. I agree. I kind of like to see the two different, just so you can see how they feel different, which one you may like better, um, which one you might like for both circumstances, or just to familiarize yourself with both so that Mm -hmm. you can just so just for education purposes, you know, too. Yeah. Um, It's similarly too. I tell people where I'm like, yeah, utilize colored candles, but then also for a period of time, only use white candles or Mm -hmm. only use naturally colored like beeswax or something like that. So that color is not a part of it and see how that changes, how that feels different. Maybe that can teach you something that then if you go back to colored candles, you can take with you um, or vice versa, you know, so um, spending time doing both is just a good idea. It'll help. It'll help round you out. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's a, it's all an experiment, like an experimental process to Mm -hmm. see, what works for us, what we connect with the most, how we move our own energy and um, how we do this work. Um, it's it's a lot of fun to switch it up and do these experiments to be like, oh, my gosh, uh, how is it going to turn out? You know, it's like like you were saying about the cookies, like, right. How is that? I don't exactly. know what flour to use, it would be, you know, pastry flour for these cookies going to be different from the. King Arthur flat out of I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I use the King Arthur too. Aww. Shout out. We, this podcast is not sponsored by King Arthur, but if they no. want to throw money at us, then go for it. Yes. Um Yeah. And so kind of like what I was talking about earlier with kind of the piggybacking on a natural thing that's already happening. Like, so like when the moon is like growing and expanding and we want something to grow and expand, we can kind of tack the thingy to the moon and it will just kind of carry it for us. It's a little Mm -hmm. bit like if you're trying to get um, a letter to somebody the next town over, like you can like run over to that next town and like hand it to them or like if there's a train already going that direction you can like tape it to the side of the train and it'll shoot down there instead um so it's just a way to kind of make things easier for us is all Mm -hmm. i like that yeah yeah all right so i think where we should probably start is so today we're going to talk a lot about kind of magical times of the day um so we did like moon phases last time and next time we're going to talk about like the days of the week um but this is the different like uh, like breakdowns for the different times of day and what we may be able to associate them with or how we maybe work with them um so the first one i want to talk about is kind of like liminal spaces that happen throughout the day mm-hmm. um so where we should probably start is the very beginning of the day where we have sunrise or, you know, dawn, um, when the sun is first kind of cresting up over the horizon. Um, what are some feelings or ideas that you connect with like dawn and sunrise in this idea? I really associate it strongly with like Aries energy because mm-hmm. we are we are the first sign of the Zodiac. Um, if you a lot of Aries people I know were just ready to go first thing in the morning. And everyone's like, why are you like this? <laughs> and um, so I do think of that. And I also think of it as new moon energy. Yes. I also kind of apply like moon phases to mm-hmm. time of day phases. Um, so it's like you can set intentions for the day. It's when I do my devotionals. It's when I sit and pray. It's when I work the altar. It is, for me personally, it is my favorite time of day, dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, um, it's like that, it's those crepuscular hours. I love that word, crepuscular. Crepuscular. Uh, moving in between time and the in between oh, time of yeah. dawn 
dawn and dusk and the gloaming, like where it's that mm-hmm. dim, dim light. I love that. And there's a lot of creatures that mm-hmm. are very active during that time. So I kind of like to take a cue from um, like, you'll, that's when the deer are moving around. Mm-hmm. Um, that is when um, big cats are hunting or kind of they're moving around a little more. Bunny rabbits mm-hmm. are out like there. There's there's things moving around out there. And I love that energy. Um, that is good of, energy of the early morning and setting those intentions. It's my favorite time of day because it's like it's just so filled with ritual. You got your coffee or your tea mm-hmm. or your what your beverage, and you're just like, "What am I going to do for with the day? What's next?" Yeah, I love that. I love that. I very much associate this time of day with the Fool card. Mm. Um, kind of like this very like new beginning, sort of like new day. Everything's um, everything is so clean at that time, even if like, you know, things are messy. Like it's it's like the start of a new day. Nothing has really had time to ruin it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's very much like this clean slate, new beginnings. Um, you know, you can it's such a potent time because it's it's like that. It's like that very clean slate, like, you know what, today I can choose to completely make my life different if I want to. Like, there's so much potential where it's like, today is a new day all over again. Mm -hmm. And two, that's a wonderful time where it's like, um, you have the morning dew, which is such a very gentle, but also this very intensely like purifying thing that exists in the world is this beautiful dew that you can go out and you can collect. Um, I think Anne Avalon has either like a video or an article about how to collect dew. That's very helpful. Um, so yeah, it's just this very pure, very untainted, um, potential. And I love that. So if I'm going to be utilizing this time of day, I'm going to be utilizing it for, um, really powerful cleansing, um, to start new things. Um, it also kind of like, it has like that full card card energy, but it also has a sort of like ace of wands energy, um, which is like that new spark, that new beginning, kind of like that, that inspiration. Um, so I would work things for inspiration, um, to grow things, to plant things, you know, all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's this very new fertile energy. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And you made a point, uh, that I, I had forgotten. Uh, that's when I usually do my magical bathing is first thing in the morning. Ooh, that's my magical mm-hmm. bathing time is like, you do it first thing in the morning mm-hmm. to carry it with you through the day. And then the following days, depending on the type of path that you do. Um, yeah, that's my, like that. my favorite time of day. I like that. So in contrast, we also have sunset, mm-hmm. twilight, dusk area. Um, and the ones that we're going through right now are all kind of liminal spaces that we'll find throughout the day. This is a great time to end things, to put them to bed, so to speak, to let them go. Um, I also like that we're trending into darkness. So this is um, a good time for like spirit communication mm-hmm. as well. Um, a lot of weird stuff happens at dusk. Yes. Like that's a very weird liminal space. Um, so yeah, if I'm getting rid of something, if I'm letting something go, um, the big thing in the community forever is uh, releasing that which no longer serves you. If you're into the bullshit, um, you can do that at <laughs> dusk. It's a great time <laughs> to do that. Um so yeah, dusk is is kind of I like that one as well. 
I do too. It's um, I, I've always really enjoyed the gloaming light, the the blue mm-hmm. light that kind of like dark blue light that comes into your house. Mm-hmm. It, it during that time, um, there's something really it, like I don't want to say eerie, but like it, mm-hmm. it's got a vibe. Yeah. yeah. Well, and both sunrise and sunset are very soft in their energy, mm-hmm. even though they're very powerful, they're very soft and kind of like, you know, they kind of make you want to stop and kind of like take a deep breath and things like that. As opposed to the other ones we're going to talk about like noon and midnight or so very like starkly pointy, Yeah, right. um, you know, the sunrise and sunset, this kind of dawn and twilight area are, um, are very soft and I feel very quiet almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I do prefer that energy overall. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I do notice that, um, like the morning, uh, dawn is, is a little more quiet, has a more of a quiet quality mm-hmm. than, uh, dusk because dusk is when, um, those nocturnal creatures are like activating and getting ready mm-hmm. for their night, nighttime stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a person who loves the outdoors, it's also, that's when you encounter, uh, predators the most. Uh, is in those uh, dusk hours. That's when they're starting to move around and getting ready for their nighttime activities mm-hmm. and stuff. So uh, I, and it's also when the shadows are just like, it's just such a spirit activated time, like dusk. Right. Uh, the shadows are a little more uh, dramatic and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, what is that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Especially if you're hiking on top of a mountain at dusk and you're trying to get to your campsite and mm-hmm. you saw a cougar paw print, you're just like, oh, shit. Uh-oh. Ah, God. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, too, that you bring up this sort of, like, idea of nighttime predators beginning at sunset, because I often associate sunset and twilight with death, where we move from day into night, where we mm. move from light into dark, and kind of this unknown area. And then kind of the opposite, when we have dawn, moving from, like, that's more of, like, a birth situation. Right. Where we come out of the darkness into the light. Um so we kind of have this birth and death cycle happening during the day as well um, mm-hmm. in those two liminal spaces as well, which can mm-hmm. help impact our magic if we choose to work it at those times. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And and then on a, as a side note, I was listening to, I don't remember who it was and shout out if you're listening where they were talking about putting, um, um, being with their children during these liminal times and how they notice with their children that this is when they're most sensitive because children are just so open to um, spiritual forces moving around and stuff. And they said, especially during the dusk hours when they're starting to wind down and get ready for bed, there's a lot of uh, soothing activities that happen to kind of help regulate the kids' nervous systems as they're they're transitioning through these liminal spaces and like mm-hmm. teaching them how that works. And I really like that. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like that that must be a um, if you're a sens- very very sensitive open person. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like a strange time maybe i like that Mm -hmm. i like that a lot so kind of in the in-between of these two where we have the sunrise and we have the sunset um we also have two opposite liminal spaces that happen which is like noon and midnight which i also kind of view as very much kind of like this full moon new moon idea as well because i feel like noon is so very like starkly bright. It's so very illuminated. It's when the sun is at its highest. Um, you know, that's a great time for like, you know, really bright work. Things like um, 
whether you want to grow something or you want to illuminate something or uncover it or reveal it or, you know, um, things like that. I find at noon versus like midnight is something where you want to work in secret. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it kind of has these, this polar opposites. And I think midnight too is such a weird spot because it's between two days. Right. Where you're not quite sure where you are, especially in that time before, like between like 1159 and like 1201, you're like, what? What, you, what even date is it? <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> yep. Yeah, the noon, and then like, especially right now as we're kind of like in these like last days of summer, it's just, it, it's, it's, a, it's scorching. It's, mm-hmm. it's all penetrating and it's like almost too much. Even if you're a sun loving person like myself and like mm-hmm. uh, feeling very solar powered, like it's a little too much for me to be outside under like high noon and, mm-hmm. Um, those bright rays, it just feels a little, um, it feels intrusive. It's kind of like, get off my back. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, son. Do not perceive me, please. Um, Um, and then I, at contrast the midnight, you know, that's the classical witching hour. They say, Mm -hmm. um, man, I'm never awake. I don't even know. I can't even tell you what that's like because I avoided it all costs. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, or if I am awake, I am in no state to be doing witchcraft because someone needs to take me to bed. I am lately we've been with some of the job stuff happening in my household. We have been up at midnight and I'm like, no. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> um play around with your times of day because we have these liminal spaces awake sunrise, uh sunset, midnight, noon, which are all kind of um in between times during the day, um, which we can work with magically. Um Another one that I like, um, I actually got this from a book by a person named Star. I think their last name is Casas. Um, oh, yeah. Mama Star. Yes. Love their work. Um, where she talks in her book about utilizing the hands of the clock instead of things like moon phases. Because um, doing kind of like the Southern folk magic that she does, um, it's very, very clearly not witchcraft and so utilizing things like moon phases would be considered witchcraft but Mm -hmm. in in her tradition what she works with um they would use things like the hands of the clock which i like this idea because i never know what phase the moon is in but i can look at a clock and figure out what's going on so uh it's it's easier for me to work with and if i need a certain timing i don't have to wait several days for it to be or a couple weeks or whatever um I could just wait a couple of hours. And so the way that she kind of describes it, that's really helpful is kind of, it still works the same way that like a moon phases would. So like when the hands are straight up pointing straight up. So like that would be like either like 12 AM or 12 PM um, is like full moon energy where it's like that very radiant, very like, yes, upwards pointing very like now is the time to like manifest, do the things. Um, Then when the hands start going down, um, towards like 6 30 then that's gonna be like waning moon energy so if you wanted things to be getting rid of um things to be going away things to be reduced or let go of or anything like that we do that while the hands of the clock are going downwards and then we have from there once they're pointing directly downwards it's kind of like that dark moon energy that Mm -hmm. getting rid of stuff um possibly doing curse work types of things hiding things all that and then when it swings back upwards. So when the hands start going upwards again, 
then that's kind of like the waxing moon, right? So we're going to bring things in, we're going to grow things, um, and then it starts all over again. Mm -hmm. So I like that. You get two chances in a day (laughs) to hit them. Yeah, I've um, I've utilized that before in the past where it's like, oh, well, I don't really know what the planetary hour is or I just don't really care or where the moon phase is at. And um, I look at that. Yeah, the hands of the clock and go with that upward energy and stuff. Mm-hmm. I do like that. It's pretty it's quick, easy and um, kind of like hidden. Yeah, no, one, no one's really going to question you if you're if you're paying attention to a clock like yeah, we're looking at a clock, right? You know? Well, I think it's a slightly more difficult these days because when was the last time you saw an analog clock? Right. Usually in institutional places, that's where you see it, like at the DMV, mm-hmm. where I was just mm-hmm. at recently, or a hospital. Yeah. <laughs> well, because it's like, I w- I've been noticing, it's like, clocks just aren't a thing anymore. People don't have clocks in their houses. Mm-hmm. Growing up, everybody had a clock. You had to have a clock. How else did you know what time it was? Yeah. And now everybody just uses their cell phone. So like clocks, as far as like decor, real working clocks are harder to come by these days. Or I mean, you can find them, but they're they're not as common. Right. My um, so my partner and I, when we moved, we 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 had officially just moved in together. And so Mm -hmm. we hadn't like, you know. I hadn't been through his work week with him when he's like waking up, getting ready to go for, to work. And uh, he busted out an actual real alarm clock that wasn't his phone. I was like, what? I was like, how can we? Was it like digital or was it like yeah. one of the old school ones? No, it was, with like, like the no, it was digital, but it was oh, still okay. like, it was still kind of like old fashioned to me in a way. I was like, right. if you don't poke your phone. To- I'm like, maybe, <laughs> maybe I should get a clock, uh, an actual mm. clock to kind of like not always be tapping my phone. Wow. see what time it is but yeah I'm does like, it start what? like playing the radio to wake you up is, i like... wish no it's a very abrasive like my father oh no alarm clock was like <laughs> oh god i hate those ones i know i just like dude could my my alarm is birds chirping as like a cacophony of of forest birds that's how i see, like to wake up that's better that's better. Yeah. See, I did almost the opposite once. It it seemed like a good idea. So my husband, he needs some sort of something playing when we go to bed. So he likes to like watch TV or whatever. But for me, like it's it's a very bright thing to have a TV. And like I also I get invested in what's being played. And so I don't sleep because I want to watch it and like all that mm-hmm. stuff. So I decided I'm like, I'm like, we're going to play some like soothing sounds. And so like I found this like YouTube like 10 hour thing and we were going through and we're like, oh, this one, like, because I can't do ones with like rain or rivers or stuff, because then I just need to pee. Um, <laughs> so we decided to do, we're like, oh, this one's like jungle sounds. That's very cool. That's very neat. And like, we're like, awesome. And so we start playing it. And it's like these birds and stuff like that. And it's awesome. And we're like, mm, that's wonderful. We're going to like drift off to sleep. But you know, it's jungle sounds. So as soon as you're like, starting to fall asleep it's like Ca-ca! and i'm like, ah! <laughs> like it was it was not as soothing as i thought it was gonna right, be right <laughs> right it was it was yeah. too much it was too yeah much. this one's pretty soothing i think i don't know where i found it i think it's on the iphone i don't know um but it's very soothing to wake up to there's thr- it's thrushes which are one of my favorite songbirds there that sounds wonderful yeah it's awesome to wake up to um so we have a couple more things to talk about here, mm-hmm. real quick. Um, I want to touch. 
very briefly on planetary hours because planetary hours, I, I, I don't know if you feel the same way. Planetary it, hours are, it, it's for nerds. It's, it's for nerds. <laughs> and personally, ain't nobody got time for planetary hours in, in preparation for this. I started looking up how to calculate planetary hours and I was like, no, fuck this. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, cause I remember you and I had, you and I had this conversation a while back and I was like reflecting on my old magical books that I had. And in the back of those books, you would find how to calculate the planetary hours and the time, mm-hmm. the, the timetables and stuff. And I just remember racking my brains and like never knowing if I was correct because I'm ADHD and I am horrible mm-hmm. at math. And I'm like, is it even really the correct, like, what if I'm we're trying to hook up with Venus and I, it's the hour of Saturn and I'm like, it's fucked, right. you know? <laughs> so I cheat. If I'm going to like be a nerd and go for planetary hours, I get an app. Yeah, get an app, do something where it's calculated for you. If if you really feel the need to utilize them, I I've never used them. I've thought about <laughs> trying to use them and I just no, I I don't know. <laughs> no, it's not a thing for me. Um I have respect for people who do cuz that's a lot of work. Um good for you. Get it? Absolutely. Um I do not use them. And if you're looking at a planetary hour thing like no, fuck this. That's fine. That is absolutely fine. Ain't nobody got time for planetary hours. Right. Yeah. Especially as us folk magician people. We just, why not? And I think, to be honest, there is something to be said about not knowing when certain things are happening. So, for instance, I've gone my entire magical life without knowing when eclipses are happening and working magic the entire time during that. Mm-hmm. And not once have I had it gone poorly mm-hmm. because I worked magic during an eclipse. I think if you simply like there, there's something to be said about ignorance being bliss as far as that's concerned, where it's like, I don't know what's happening. I don't care. It's happening. Therefore it's really not going to affect my spell work. Um, it's very much harder to do that because now being on social media with the witch community, everyone's like, the eclipse is happening now. Don't cast. It's like, well, now I know about it now. Like, fine. Like I won't today or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, right. but the, if, if you don't know what the planetary hour is and you don't care what the planetary hour is, it's not going to affect your spell work. Right. Yeah. Yep. I I've done some spell work during uh, eclipse. Uh, it's never just like a day. It's like you're going through the eclipse portal or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I've done it and it's been fine. It's Not, totally my fine. house isn't going to burn down or. No, like the only time that like I've ever felt like real eclipse energy happening was when um, we recently, I think it was like four years ago. Oh, it was a while ago now, actually. It seems like it was like last year, but when they had like the eclipse that went through Oregon, um, we were like right in the path of it, like directly in the path of it. That. Now that I'm going to pay attention to because yeah. it's, yeah, we're literally in the the actual pathway. I remember mm. that. And I remember I was up at, because I was hiking at the PCT that year, I was up at Crater Lake, which is pretty high elevation. You're up oh, around wow. 7,000 feet. Mm-hmm. It got so fucking cold. 
Yeah. Like it got, it, yeah. Got, it got frigid up there. It was wild. And I was just like, and yeah, it was an eerie, it was eerie. And uh, that's, yeah, definitely when you're probably going to be more focused, just staring at the sky and looking mm. at everything around you than casting a spell at that moment, perhaps. Yeah. And there's like all kinds of lore around like those kinds of eclipses where like mm-hmm. it's actually happening around you where like it gets dark suddenly in the middle of the day. Like there's a lot of lore around that, which yeah. I respect. Um, but it's it. I, I just remember it being very strange because not only did it suddenly become night for like two minutes. Yeah. Um, but when, and it got cold, like you're saying, yeah. that was very weird, too, because it was like the middle of summer. Um, but then when it came back, when the light started to come back where I live is rural. And so all these roosters started to crow when it started coming back. And I was like, this is weird. This is weird. It's three in the afternoon. It's like two in the afternoon. What is happening? (laughs) Like it threw everything off. So like, those are the moments where I'm like, you know what? That's an eclipse I'm going to pay attention to. But like, if you're not in the path of it, if it's not, whatever, like, I don't know. Right. Yeah, no. Right. Oh, that's so that's eerie about the birds, about the roosters. It's like maybe that right. was their reset button. Uh, it was very weird. They were just like because everything got really quiet. Because like all the animals were like, "Oh, it's nighttime now," and now it's like you know you, you have like a sunset and a sunrise within like five minutes of each other. Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. So. Seasons. Seasons are important um, because I do find that whole expanses of time on occasion um, will have certain energies. So, for instance, um, I really love to do fertility work in the spring. It just makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense. Um, It's when things are coming alive again, when things are sprouting, when seeds are growing, all kinds of stuff. So um, if you're coming to me and you're like, I need you to get me pregnant, it's going to be springtime. It's going to be the best bet. I got pregnant in spring. (laughs) See, it works. (laughs) It really does, man. (laughs) The spring will get you. Especially if you're in Aries and you're just really feeling yourself like, oh, man, be be careful. Be careful. Mm. Spring happens, Aries goes into heat, run, hide your kids, hide your wives. It's- <laughs> um, so, yeah, so springtime, uh, a lot of fertility, a lot of new beginnings, particularly through that really weird space from like kind of like March energy. Because like February is such a wasteland that it's like, uh, why? Like, this is a terrible time. Um, but then like March is when stuff actually kind of starts to wake up a little bit. And so that's a really great time. So even if you're not doing like actual like physical reproduction fertility, but like you're trying to kind of like fertilize your money or, um, you know, you have something you're trying to manifest, like during that time when everything's kind of germinating, if you can kind of plant that seed in February and then really start doing your spell work around like March around it um, into the spring when everything's growing and blooming and all that um, is a really great time to do it. I love to place spells in the garden. So if you have like um, a little love spell pot thing that you did um, that you want this relationship to grow and bloom, um, put it in your garden like early March um, after the last frost, preferably, um, and keep it there while stuff grows. Mm. And it's going to help piggyback on that energy like we've been talking about. Mm hmm. Yeah, spring vibes are great. I love them. Um, it is when we, uh, and we'll get to winter 
here in a minute, but it's like we did all that dreaming and incubating in the winter. Mm -hmm. And then the spring is that opportunity to kind of see all those dreams and desires really come into fruit or or at least getting planted and started Mm -hmm. in the spring. And then, yeah, progressing into summertime is when we start to really start seeing the effort of all that planning and seed planting that we did in the spring, seeing it kind of come into, I don't want to say fruition because fruition feels more fall to me. That's mm-hmm. when we're really harvesting stuff. Um, but it's just like a, a, an abundance of growth and greenery and mm-hmm. um, medicinal herb gathering is what I think of of summer and stuff. Mm-hmm. And also more uh, extroversion. We're more outward Mm-hmm. In in the way that we interact with the world, and then in the winter we kind of retract. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think like utilizing something like this seasons is a really great time to work on something that's really big. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes people are like, oh, like I, you know, want to buy my first house. Like, sure, you could probably do like a candle spell, and depending on what your situation is, um, you know, get it. But if it's if you know it's going to be a bit of a stretch or if you're like i need to get my credit and everything like that and then do all these things before i get there you know starting in early spring working all the way through the summer when everything is growing everything's blooming and then like by the time fall hits you know really working up to that where then you can kind of reap that in that harvest time area Mm -hmm. um is really nice so sometimes you have to play the long game when it comes to magic Right. Yeah. And I love that also just like following the sun, you know, like the peak of Mm -hmm. energy around the summer solstice. And then after that, it's that descent into the darkness, like kind of where we're at right now. We're on the other side of it. It's the days are getting shorter. Um, Pretty soon we're going to have the equinox, which marks when um, we have equal length of light and darkness in the day. Um, And then, uh, yeah. And then just like trailing into, uh, deeper fall which is big witchy spirit time i mean every part of the year is witchy to me but mm-hmm. we all think of fall is like the quintessential like witch time of course it's when i personally am at my most strongest <laughs> and my most basic <laughs> so excited i love it and then i i don't know i uh i love all the seasons fairly equally i am more of a summer person spring summer person um, but there is something to be said about um, the the deepening and the internal work that we do in winter. And I find winter is also really that time to um, connect with chthonic like deities mm. and 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 such, and working with the ancestors. A lot of people think, oh, you just work with the ancestors during like fall when the veil is thin and stuff. No, it carries well into winter time mm-hmm. for sure that's when i feel them the strongest right mm-hmm. and i mean to be honest like inside secret the veil is always thin right that's why they call it a veil and not a blanket like it <laughs> they hear no matter what kind of season yes for sure absolutely yeah. uh, but i do i do notice though that some deities mm-hmm. are more active like um odin for me he's he shows up in fall and winter and like disappears by the time there's even a hint of spring he's just like bye i'm like okay (laughs) see ya (laughs) i do notice that with my altar water like um spring and summer no bubbles maybe like one or two um 
fall winter just all the bubbles just hella bubbles and i'm yeah. like all right y'all do you mm-hmm. <laughs> fall yeah. cycles yes yes i love it I, I wrote a lot about that in my my book i was really thinking about my book while i was uh we were sharing about seasons i really yes. like, like that part of my book because that's how you can really get connected into the currents and kind of get out of, I guess, a dominant culture paradigm is like really rooting down and recognizing how the seasons work in the area that you live in mm-hmm. and, and matching your inner energy with them. If, if and going can. with them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. It's that it's that rewilding idea that mm-hmm. we talked about. So you talked about winter and dreaming and incubating. I'm very curious to hear you expand upon that a little bit. Um, well, I love bears. Bears are very mm-hmm. important creatures to me. So I just think of bears. I think about what they're doing. You know what yeah. I mean? They spend all summer and fall just mowing down, getting fat, eating salmon, eating Same. berries. And me too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then, um, then they hibernate and... It's just like bears represent so much powerful magic to me. They're very connected to the earth, um, but they're just like in that that den and they're dreaming. And there's just like, I think of like kindling um, an ember that we had from like the fires of summer. And then we just like carry that with us through through winter. We keep it, we keep it burning as best we possibly can. So does any of that make sense? This just feels very. That does like, make sense. I and, like yeah, and holding on to that, and and doing the deep dreaming of like, okay, what do we want to bring into uh, for for the next year mm-hmm. uh, in relation to the land and being with the land and stuff. That's what I think about, mm-hmm. and in life in general too. It's just like kind of a time where we're simultaneously like hopefully resting more, but we're also like kind of engaged if you are engaged with like family and stuff mm-hmm. and things like that or social stuff during the holidays and whatnot. Um, and there's a time where we kind of hopefully do have a little more downtime to kind of go internal, do that internal work and then like mm-hmm. share it. Well, and I think something too, that's so intense about winter in particular is, um, not only the darkness, but also the silence mm-hmm. that comes with winter where mm-hmm. things are hibernating or things are dead or um, things are even just like snow itself will insulate against noise so intensely. Mm-hmm. And I find that silence and darkness are both sacred mm-hmm. and to have so much time to spend in both of those um, can be a lot. Sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm a, I, I love my seasonal affective disorder that always, you know, <laughs> my, my winter time where I'm like, it's dark and I'm sad. Um, but also mm-hmm. I think that that's such a, a beautiful time as well. At the mm-hmm. same time, it's one right. of my most favorites. I don't yeah. do summer. I don't. I mm-hmm. love, I love summer. Although nope. like right now I'm like, all right, I'm ready for you to, to hit the road, dude. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. A little bit of rain would be nice. Some cozy days. This summer, me and the rest of the big titty boys have not been having it. It has been, oh Lord, check on us. 
check on us. It's too much. I am a sweaty individual and I'm not having it. I need, I need fall and I need winter and shit is not as hot. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. So with fall, how do you like to kind of like, cause I know you're just, you were saying you're not a summer person. Like, how do you, do you do anything to kind of like ride that transition that I always think of it as a descent? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I always like to view fall as a bit of a celebration because like not only is it like harvest time where it's like, yay, like all the stuff that we worked for, you know, now is the time that we really get to enjoy it. So I always try and kind of view it as, um, you know, as a celebratory time. Um, I think the harvest is really important when it comes to fall. But also I think the idea of death is something that's really important to sit with during fall. Um, which can be a little difficult sometimes, um, depending on kind of where you're at in your life. Um, but I do like to sit with this energy of death, very similar to kind of like sunset or dusk, um, kind of like, okay, like this is where we start to wind down. Here's where we can start taking our deep breaths. And I feel like it's really a time of appreciation as well, Mm -hmm. where it's like fall for me gets me to stop a lot more than like summer, Because fall is like, oh, like, look at these beautiful trees. I find myself stopping and looking more Mm -hmm. or um, stopping to sit by a fire or things like that. Fall continues to um, stop me over and over again, which I think is very interesting energy to kind of work with. This is kind of like um, there's a sense of awe, but there's also kind of a sadness um, that comes with it as well. So fall is very much a a perspective time for me that Mm -hmm. I... I very much enjoy. Right. Yeah. Cause you're kind of reflecting on all that had occurred. It's like mm-hmm. you're kind of wrapping up towards the end of the year. You're, you're approaching the end of the year. So you're reflecting on a lot of what had transpired. And that's what I think of as I, it's sort of bittersweet for me when I enter into fall. Cause I'm like, Oh man, you know, I'm getting colder and I just, you know, going places is slightly less accessible if you're in a mountainous area or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but fall for me is always, um, is, uh, I feel like a squirrel. I <laughs> want to get all the nuts. I want to pick all the mushrooms and mm-hmm. I all the last berries and all the, the fruits, the apples and the pears. I, I'm just like hoarding food. for winter. Right. That's where my brain goes. Like I like, there's not a lot of, where I was living in Eastern Oregon, it wasn't a lot of fall mushroom hunting. Mm-hmm. It was more of a morel place for me, but out here it's like a whole other ball game with chanterelles and all sorts of stuff. So I'm really excited uh, to get into fall mushroom picking. So I think of like, it just feels like uh, an extension in a way of like busyness mm-hmm. and, and really enjoying that transition um, and being out in nature and enjoying it and watching it happen in real time. And mm-hmm. it's true. Like what you said, pausing, it, it causes us to pause. Like I love uh, fall on the, in the Pacific Northwest and the Western side um, because the orb weaver spiders just create mm-hmm. these elaborate, beautiful webs and you wake up in the morning and there's the wet wetness. And it's just like, mm-hmm. you just hear the mit, the mist starts to drip from the moss and the trees. And it's just like, so quiet. So moist. <laughs> and so moist. <laughs> Moisture is the essence of wetness. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. But that is beautiful. That kind of like that, 
there's there I find there's just so much awe in fall that it kind of especially the fact that it's paired with this idea of death mm-hmm. it's kind of it's it really reinforces this idea of we need to stop and pay attention and really like take that time to be in awe of something because it's gonna go away um mm-hmm. which is kind of like a, a mixed feeling thing for me um but i do think it's it's a very important lesson of that season right um, it's also like the food the foods to the food transition that you experience, at least like for me, like I love winter squashes and stuff and like pumpkin and eating mm-hmm. that. Like those are my, like, I love the food transition and like the food traditions during fall. Yes. Like I just, it's when you get to bake mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So. Well, it's very grounding. I find I have yeah. a lot of root vegetables during the fall. I have like a lot of like turnips and um, really hearty things. Like you said, like squash and pumpkin and stuff like mm-hmm. that end up in the Suits. diet. So stews Mm -hmm. soup i know i want to make make soup soup. i want to make soup so bad right now but i'm like why would i make soup when it's 100 degrees like nothing i agree do the gazpacho gazpacho gazpacho. you can have the cold soup no i don't like it's like (laughs) (laughs) it's weird All right, everybody. So this has been some magical timing. We're going to be back next week um, to kind of wrap up on our magical timing. I um, hope you guys learn some stuff here. So make sure to uh, be prepared for soup game, live your best life, and most importantly, do witchcraft. Do it. Support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support Invoking Witchcraft with a one-time donation, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate. Or if you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there.